What is up, guys? Welcome to the brand new Strength Doc Podcast hosted by UpDoc Media with me, Dr. John Russin. I want to get one thing clear. This is not going to be your average fitness podcast, and I'm sure as hell not your run-of-the-mill strength coach. What's going on, guys? Dr. John Russin back with a brand new segment of the Strength Doc Podcast hosted by UpDoc Media. So we've been giving you the best guests in the fitness industry every single week, 10 consecutive weeks in a row. We're going to change it up a little bit here. and We're going to add a secondary episode into every single week. We're going to be releasing these on Saturdays, and they're going to be entitled Strength Doc Podcasts, Articles of the Week. You know, I pride myself on reading what's out there because I definitely want to know what the best minds in the industry are up to and what their passion projects and their methodologies are looking like month to month because a lot of people are progressing at exponential rates right now. I may be a little bit biased on this one, but my go-to website is definitely t-nation.com, Testosterone Nation, as they have the best and brightest in the health and fitness industry, writing five-plus articles a week right on their platform. That being said, I think we'll start off this week by naming... The Fitness Article of the Week. Paul Carter on Testosterone Nation, Five Ways You're Screwing Up Your Squat, Fix These Common Squat Mistakes, Get Better Results. You know, before we get into the actual content of the article, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background story on how this article actually came to be. A few weeks back, there was a notable strength coach that had his athlete deep squatting, uh, an Olympic-style squat, And he ended up posting the video on his Facebook and his business page. And he entitled it, This is the perfect way to squat. If you don't think so, challenge. So somebody that definitely has some notoriety putting a challenge out there, uh, you knew there was going to be guys coming out of the woodworks to challenge the squat. But fact of the matter, there weren't many people that wanted to argue on this platform. But that's why I love Paul Carter, because he jumped right in and he said his piece. You know, after being brushed off very quickly on this forum, uh, Paul and I got to talking, and it was definitely something that we wanted to tackle in an article. And a couple days later, you have the article published on Testosterone Nation that we came to work on. Let's break this down one by one. Let's go through all five key points here, and I'll give you my take on the sections that I wrote for this article but also my coaching cues that I use in my clinic and with my clients. Paul's first point in this article is you don't know how to stabilize the spine. I couldn't agree more with this point because that's one of the things that I see on a daily basis in my office is people from high-performance athletes to the geriatric population presenting either with performance reductions or chronic pain because the ability to stabilize the spine is at such a low level. Getting into the deep biomechanics of this argument, a simple thing that Paul wrote was, to stabilize the spine, you need to be pushing your abs out, not pushing them down. You know, a common thing that happens to people is that they do almost like a crunch under the bar and they really utilize their rectus abdominis musculature, so that six-pack muscle that's actually the only layer of dynamic musculature in the core, meaning that it's actually primarily used for movement, which is spinal flexion, as opposed to the other three layers of abdominal musculature that are stabilizers in a more isometric, isotonic position. 
you know, right in the text of this article, Paul did a really good job of getting people active to actually feel what he's saying here. So I want you to grab your waist, you know, get your fingers, your four fingers along the front side of your body. Your thumbs are going to almost be on the back side of your body. And I want you to brace your core as hard as you can and see if you can get 360 degrees of tension. If you can, you're probably going to be able to do that under the bar as well. If you can't, just think about this. Before you get under a couple hundred pounds of iron and want to squat for reps, you better be damn sure that you can 360 degree tension throughout your entire core, including those spinal erectors. The second point that Paul makes is that lifters, especially in the back squat, are bringing their hand position in way too tight, meaning that they're decreasing the width of their hands in relation to the barbell. I think this most likely happens from people thinking that they have to stay tight through their lats and retract the shoulder blade heavy, heavy, heavy and get into a position that almost puts their hands closer together naturally. So what ends up happening is people setting themselves up on the bar with their hand position, cueing their hands before their shoulders. So this is ass backwards if you ask my opinion on this because you should always be stabilizing proximally and then out distally. So what that means is you have to make sure that your shoulder is in a great requisite position to create torque and stability before we even worry about where the hands are going to be on the bar. This is the reason that we see so many different bar positions in terms of hands uh, on so many different squatters that are all doing that at a very high level and staying safe and effective. Yeah, something that we talked about, Paul and myself, uh, when we were doing this article was the ability not only to retract the shoulder blades and get the lats tight, which everyone and their brother knows by, no by now, but also to get one of the other primary muscle groups of the shoulder girdle, an internal rotating muscle group, the pectoralis major involved as well. So when I cue athletes in my facility, in my clinic, I have them do a co-contraction of the pectoralis major group and the latissimus dorsi group to try to get a strong and stable shoulder complex, not just shoulder blade. Give this a try because it's something that's highly transferable and that you can use in multiple different lifts and athletic activities. The third point Paul makes in this article is stop trying to sit so far back in your squat because what happens here is people end up wrecking that synergistic pattern between knee flexion, hip flexion, and torso flexion. And what ends up happening is the lower spine, that lumbar spine, is forced into an extension moment that's really no better than having a rounded back. Obviously, breaking away from that neutral spinal position isn't something that's going to be advantageous to your long-term health. But the other thing, if you're an athlete, you know, hyperextending the spine actually makes the bar travel forward in relation to your body, which is never good when we're trying to maximize the biomechanics of moving weight. Paul makes another killer point here saying that you pull down on the bar. That's one of the things that we hear from novice strength coaches is, you know, grip the bar, pull down on the bar and get tight. You know, we've already talked a little bit about getting tight and how it doesn't come from the hands, but it comes actually from the shoulder complex and the spine. But the mechanism of pulling down on the bar 
it actually uh, has a little bit more of an internal rotation moment at the shoulder. So it ends up in like that chicken wing position where your elbows are flailing out behind you instead of directly under your body. So when you're in a squat position and you have a perfect, perfectly orchestrated shoulder position, you should be able to have your humerus, so that upper arm bone, pretty much right to the sides of your body because you should have Latin pec tightness there and tension building just to stay stable. But also, the elbows should be in alignment with the torso as well. But again, hand placement on the bar really has nothing to do with tension. So start with the shoulder, start with the spine, get that requisite stability and that motor patterning, and then everything else will take care of itself from your hand position. You know, the final point that Paul made here was decide what you want from the squat. And I think even after all the killer points that Paul made in this article about biomechanics, spinal positioning, tension loading, I think this final point was the best point. Because if you don't know the reason for doing any exercise, not just the squat, but you don't know what your goal is with that exercise, then you have to take a deep, dark look at what your goals are and be able to match your actions with your goals. We talk a lot about this on Strength Doc Podcasts. It's simple stuff, but it takes increased mental effort, which not a lot of people are willing to do. So the question remains, are you after putting up big powerlifting numbers under the bar and squats? Are you looking for hypertrophy in bodybuilding? Are you just trying to stay healthy and trying to groove some motor patterns just to stay safe and healthy for the rest of your life? Answer those questions for yourself and picking a squat, but also a type of squat and the rep set schemes, tempos, whatever other variables is going to be far easier and they're going to be in alignment with your specific goals. No article from Paul Carter would be complete on T Nation without him spewing a little extra. So he added two bonus screw-ups to the squat here. First one is wearing knee wraps. The second one is squatting higher because squatting low, quote-unquote, is bad for your knees. Let's just address both of these because I've written on these subjects multiple times, actually right on Testosterone Nation before, and they're always hot topics. So wearing knee wraps is one of the things that if you're truly a power lifter, going to be stepping on the platform and competing in your sport of lifting, fine. You know, get those extra couple pounds, increase the elasticity of the knee complex just to get you out of the hole a little bit more effectively. If it's your sport, I get it. That's fine. But if you're an average Joe or even a bodybuilder, there's really not a whole lot of reason to be wearing knee wraps. Oh, but Dr. John, I get knee pain every time I squat without knee wraps. What I say to that is if you have an internal problem, internal biomechanics problem, internal motor control problem, the last thing we need to be doing is depending on something external to make you feel good. That's called a crutch. And what happens with people on crutches? Eventually they fall over. You want to see what your body is made of? Go squat, barefoot, no belt, no wraps, no nothing, and see what you're made of there. If you can do that effectively, that's going to be a squat that's going to work for you for decades to come. If not, it's time to start fixing your movement patterns and your abilities from the inside out. All right, guys, for the big one, it's squatting higher because squatting lower is bad for your knees. So this is just pure physics and biomechanics. This is just simple biomechanics, nothing more, nothing less. 
I've written before, I'll admit it, that deep squatting is actually worse for your knees and lower back than squatting above parallel. But what I was saying with that is we don't live in a utopia where everyone's able to squat deep, deep, deep and do it effectively at all the other joints. In all actuality, if you butcher a deep squat, it's going to be more likely to leave you in the lifting grave than if you butcher it a half squat. That being said, supra maximally loading your squats and only going down a couple inches, that's going to blow up the anterior knee, the kneecap, all the structures, and really be creating a lot of shear forces. Simple fix here, guys. Know what you're capable of doing, know what you're capable of squatting, and figure out what squat depth and squat positions are going to be tapered exactly to your body. If you want a reference on this one, head over to T-Nation and read my article, Squat Depth, The Final Answer. I give you a six-step algorithm with video tutorials, with coaching notes, and exactly how to go through it to figure out your optimal squat position at your feet, at your knees, your depth, everything, and where to go from there. And finally, guys, if you got to the last section of this article, you will know that Dr. John Russin contributed to this one. So yes, I did pat myself on the back in this first episode of Articles of the Week, but hey, it's a Strength Talk podcast, and it's my show. Until next Saturday, guys, I am Dr. John Russin with this brand new segment, Articles of the Week, with the Strength Talk podcast, hosted by UpDoc Media. See you guys.